What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 96. It is an emergency podcast for the Anthony Davis as well as the Edwin Encarnacion trade. We talked a little bit besides that. This is brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. So today, Sean and I jumped right in and we talked about the Anthony Davis trade first, the implications for the Lakers as well as the Pelicans, the Knicks, and a little bit about the league as, as a whole. After that, we jumped into the Edwin Encarnacion trade and talked about the implications just for the Yankees and uh, Clint Frazier especially, who's likely to be traded. We will be back tomorrow with another episode. We're going to be having Mike Phillips on to break down the Mets on our Monday rundown tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Shoot us an email, sports at yahoo.com. Check out the website, sorrysports.com. And another thing, Sean was nice enough to let me get a free plug in there for my store. Check it out on Instagram. It is at dinohypeco, D-I-N-O-H-I-P-E-C-O. No spaces, no underscores. I open up a new store in a town near me, but we also sell online through Instagram. Um, and enjoy the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's an emergency Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 96. We're here on a Sunday. We were ready to do a Monday rundown tomorrow, and we're still doing that, but something came up this weekend. Actually, two things came up this weekend. Tom, you called me on a Friday late afternoon. You have a social life. I was actually out. Can you believe that? Like, I didn't answer you. I'm sure you were probably wondering, like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? Because I didn't answer. We got some serious news to talk about. What's up, man? Happy Sunday. I was actually... Happy Sunday. I'm not feeling great right now. U.S. Open's just about to finish up. Um, What's-his-face is leading Woodward or whatever. But we're not going to talk about that today. I was actually sitting in my store. We have two... We have two things to talk about today. You want to give that a plug? I think we should. Sure. Dino Hype Co. Uh, that's the Instagram. No spaces. Uh, thank you for the plug, Sean. Thank you for allowing me to do that. I own a store. Follow it on Instagram. Uh, DM if interested. We're PayPal ready. Um, you can buy anything you want. I'll sell it to you. Do it, people. Do it. It's vintage sorry and to, Hype. Sorry to, vintage sorry and hype, to interrupt and listeners. Go. Absolutely. Vintage and Hype uh, gear. So... The store is located in the town I live in. If you want to know that, you can just look at the Instagram. Now everyone knows where I live, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but yeah, this Pardon I guess we'll make, cute. I, I guess we'll make the uh, I guess we'll make the show brought to you by by Dino Hypeco today. So this this story like short it. is brought to you by Dino Hypeco. So a little cross promotion there. I'll like take it. that. Thank you for letting me do that. And also, also by sorry to interrupt. And sorrysports.com. Of course, sorrysports.com. I love. I, I, thank you for giving that. Pl- no, dude. All, all, all kidding aside, I think it's fucking awesome that you're doing that. Like, thank you, man. Everybody, go check it out. I think that's freaking awesome. Tom's our man. Thank and you, go sir. give the CEO a, the uh, CEO, a little I look. Hope. Yeah, yeah. Go give the dual CEO. You know, this is coming from the CFO. I'm not as COO, but. but uh, COO. I really wanted the CFO. Fuck you. Um, You're not a the COO. The COO is giving the plug. All right, we got that out Hold of the on, way. Hold on. A few Tom. more housekeeping things. So, if anybody saw All our right. Instagram, 
Sean, I know you don't have the Instagram, as Belichick would call it, or the face chat, or whatever he called it, Snap Face. Yeah, what's Belichick called? The it's Snap Face. Subscribe to yeah, Snap yeah, Face. Um, yeah, I don't have a Snap Face. I didn't do an edit because I wasn't downloading the app. Honestly, as sad as that sounds, but I did throw up a, a picture of each of my sports fathers, and I wish them a happy Father's Day <laughs> on on our Instagram. So go check that out. At Sorry awesome. Sports, so I gave I, I put up a three picture Instagram. You could swipe right <laughs> and see all three of my sports fathers. I'm just picturing all three of their faces individually, and then in a montage. I wish I could, I think man. This is, I wish I could figure this out. Is how to be- do that. This is so beautiful, man. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Are you the feeling picture? emotional today? I am because I'm not happy with any of them. Although I am happy about this Edwin <laughs> Encarnacion trade because of what it's going to bring on. But let me say this before we move on. The picture I put up of Sean McVay, he's a good-looking guy. Like, good-looking guy. Dude's a stud. Like, it was perfect. I mean, Cashman Dude's was... Dude's a stud. I, I searched through Google. I made sure they were smiling in all three of the pics. I don't want to disrespect my <laughs> sports fathers. But McVay looked really fucking good. And he might I'm, he might be my favorite right now, just based off his looks. Final thing right, before we jump become, in. This, all right, you need to stop because this is becoming like borderline incestual. And I don't really want to go there. True. Final so, thing before we jump ahead. We're going to have Mike Phillips on tomorrow on our MLB heavy Monday rundown. Uh, just to break correct. down just to break down the Mets situation. I guess we could call it a debacle. But they're always a debacle. So just their situation. Yeah. It, it, the two the two words are kind of simpatico at this at this point, and they have been for a while. So we're Let's looking forward it. to that. Mike Mike Phillips, it's it's going to be awesome to have him on and and give have him give his analysis. Yeah, on I believe he's a Mets what, fan. What, he's what pretty locked in transpi- to the team. So. What has been transpiring with this team? I mean, you and I have you know casually brought them up, but. It's going to be really cool to get a real hands-on, somebody who's watching every game, somebody who's really involved in the intricacies of that team as they're going to be caught in the crossroads of whether to sell or buy or go half and half. It's going to be fascinating. But, Tom, we've done enough enough pussyfooting around. Here's what's going to happen. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Anthony Davis. And then when our Encarnacion. There you so go. So we're going to start that off. one a little bit, but. Yeah, just okay. a little bit. The, the EE, dude. Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go into Anthony Davis first. Do we he have called to? me yesterday. Yes. It's a 430, 445 phone call on a Saturday. I see you calling. I'm like, oh, no. Something bad happened. Because I otherwise would have just gotten a text. Something bad I declined happen, it my friend. because, incredibly, I was out. I had something social going on. It was weird. I don't usually do that. <laughs> that and I would have usually been ready and locked in to go. Anthony Davis was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three future first-round picks, including the fourth overall pick, in Thursday's draft. I think really one of the most incredible parts was the fact that the 2024 pick was not lottery protected, meaning that if the Lakers suck in five years, which apparently the Pelicans are banking on, they're going to get 
a really strong pick a la Boston against Brooklyn in 2013. Well, they got a lot of really strong picks from Brooklyn. They got a lot of them. Okay, so we did this podcast for this reason. AD starting off. Dude, tell me. You had your instant reaction. You left me a voicemail. You were very emotional. The floor is yours. What are you thinking about this thing, dude? I was shocked that the Lakers got the deal done without another team involved. And I was shocked that, honestly, I mean, we're not we're not that locked in just because, you know, our press our press credentials must have gotten lost in the mail or something. I've been I've been emailing back and forth, you know, with the Associated yeah, Press. Um, but we didn't see any bleach reports cooking up that that something was close and then out of the, out of the ordinary out of the blue you just see this trade i dropped my phone i was like what the fuck like wh- what were the knicks doing which we still have yet to hear from them and you know i'm gonna bring it back to the knicks but i i mean i would have thought kuzma would have had to have been involved too and I just, I mean, Lonzo, I, I told you I'm buying all Lonzo stock. I'm buying everything from everyone. I still think he's going to be a good player, and I believe you do too. Ingram, I mean, we I'm don't torn. know. I know you're torn because he doesn't have a jump shot, and I, I know how you feel about non-jump shooting point guards in, in 2019. Um, and then Ingram, the guy's got all the talent in the world, but he hasn't really put it together, not to mention the fact that this blood clot issue could be career-threatening. Uh, Josh Hart, good player off the bench, really good defensive player, can knock down a three for you. And then the fourth pick, an unprotected pick in 2024, and another first-round pick, what is it, in 2022, I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, and that is lottery protected, I believe, with certain yes, protections. It yes, it now, is. Now, my first question is, was that enough? That's number one. And number two... Was that better than the Knicks' top offer that we were all talking about no. of Kevin no. Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., the two Mavs picks, as well as the third pick? No. And no. to answer that question first, what I take away from that is that the Knicks didn't offer all of that. That they were. That they were. I don't think the Knicks were. The Knicks seemed like, dude. I, I'm not trying to cut you off, but. I just can't hold my tongue any longer. No, they didn't offer it. Or Rich Paul said, you guys can keep whatever offer you want. He's going to the Lakers. And if a trade's getting done and almost holding Gail Benson and Alvin Gentry and David Griffin for ransom, that's that's what this deal says to me. Having a chance to look back on it. Because the Knicks had by far... If you could just look at all the deals put out on a table. And we talked about this at nauseum last Tuesday, two nights ago. The Knicks have by far the best option as far as a trade package, and it's not even close. So Anthony Davis was determined to go to the Lakers. He was not going to go to the Knicks. The Knicks did not want to risk trading their future for him and having him say, you know what, fuck it, I want to go to L.A. anyway in free agency and there's really nothing you can do to convince but then why, me to why do we have this report a week ago that it, the Knicks were one of the teams he would resign with? Because I think the Knicks were a far distant second and it was to create leverage with another team. I think that's why. That's a good point. I don't think that there was... I don't think that the Pelicans were serious about trading with the Knicks. 
And I think that the Knicks, knowing what Rich Paul was putting out there, talking about how he's going to be a free agent, he's saying it now, even though he's a Laker now. We're going into free agency, which means that the Lakers are going to have to re-up with the max, that they're not going to just be like, oh, here's an extension now. It's like, no, he's going to play out this year, and then they're going to sign him long-term with his bird rights. And that's exactly what the Knicks were scared of. The Knicks knew that he eventually wanted to end up in Los Angeles. He wanted to be a Laker. The Knicks were a nice second as far as where he wanted to go play this year. But no, the Knicks were not really anywhere close to what the Lakers are. He got his wish. He's a Los Angeles Laker. The Knicks are sitting in the dark. And listen, I don't think it's a detriment on the Knicks. I think the Knicks would have done everything that they possibly could have to keep him. I think they wanted to, or to get him rather, I think they would have done whatever it would have taken to keep him. But it seemed like his mind was very much made up and or Rich Paul's mind was very much made up. He doesn't want to be a Nick. He doesn't want to be a net. He doesn't want to be a Clipper. He, he wants to be an LA Laker and now he got his wish. So I think the Knicks kind of dodged a bullet. You don't have to give up the farm for him. He didn't want to be there. So you didn't have to tie up cap space next year. And now the first domino that you and I talked about Friday night has fallen. It's no longer KD as the first domino. The first domino was AD. His fate is now sealed. He's an LA Laker with LeBron. You're absolutely right. So let's talk about the so Lakers first. So now what first. happens? Let's talk about the Lakers first going forward. I think they're going to sign Kemba Walker. I think they're going to go hard after him unless he just it just goes for the money grab and takes the extra extra year out of um out of Charlotte. I think that he definitely gets signed by the LA Lakers. Now let's look at their roster as currently constituted. There's not much of it. Um, is nope. this a playoff nope. team? Dude, there's a, it's a carcass of a of a supporting cast. Is this a playoff team? No. Will it be a playoff team come opening night? Who are they getting as the third? Kemba Walker, I think, is is almost inevitably going to go there now. He's probably going to oh, attempt to ring chase. Really? I think really. I think he's going to go there to try and get a ring, and I think they sign some ancillary pieces. Maybe I don't think they can afford a Boogie Cousins. Um, they can't afford anybody. They're going to have bring to bring in the third. They're going to have they to bring, bring back the third a guy, dude, They have literally no, but no, no room to sign anyone. Well, all the rumors are is that they're going hard after Kemba in free agency. I think they bring a JaVale McGee back. I oh, think God. they bring a Lance Stevenson back. Great. Uh, they have Kuzma, so I mean, cool. That I mean, you said it on a playoff team. He's a good six man. I don't think this is a playoff team. Oh, okay. I mean, honestly, I could see them, if everybody stays healthy next year, and if they fill out this roster properly, I don't know if I really trust Rob Palenka, um, I think they could be like a three seed, because you have to take into account, I mean... Oh, come on! The Denver Nuggets are still young. The Golden State Warriors are going to be heavily compromised next year. If Kevin Durant, even, even if he does resign, he's not playing. Clay Thompson isn't playing until, what, three a weeks, three four weeks seed? after the All-Star break? I mean... Who who else do you have out there? Portland. We'll see how Dallas is this year. We don't know if Porzingis is going to be back to his full form. So, 
I think that they could be within three, four, five seed. Now, maybe I'm overestimating LeBron currently constituted at this point in his career, but I think that they're going to do just enough to build up this roster and they're going to figure it out. They're going to do the thing that that made LeBron successful in the past. They're not going to put all these quote-unquote athletes or young guys around him. Oh, I can't wait to see that. They're going to put guys that are 3 and D type guys that LeBron can feed and can shoot. And there's a few, there's a, there's a bunch around the league, and they're not going to have to spend that much money on them. Okay. As is currently constituted. JJ Redick, maybe? I don't know if they can no afford Redick. I don't know if they can afford Redick. I know you want him anything. out. I know you want him over in Brooklyn. I know that for a fact. Um, Redick? He lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, I would have no problem with Redick. I, I think he's, I think he's staying in Philly, to be honest with you, but I, I, I don't think that there's a fucking chance in hell that this team is anywhere more than a seven or six seed in the West. And it's not because of the other teams. Listen, we're talking about currently constituted. Now, if they find their way to a Kemba or Kyrie, that's Irving what I'm saying, man. I'm predicting that, that they're going to get another go guy there. But listen, I don't know if they're going to get one. And I don't know if they're going to get one of magnitude. And even if they do, Listen, that Miami team that went to the finals for four straight years and won two titles, they were able to fill in the roster with, like, you know, a Birdman and a, you know, a, a, a freaking Shane Battier. So you're telling me there's Ray no Allen. Birdman and Shane Battier out there? What in, I'm saying is, the, is that it wild. still took a Herculean effort by LeBron to win those series, even with a Bosch and Wade. It was a next-level kind of effort that took that group to win. I don't think that that group, and LeBron now being five, six years older, with an Anthony Davis who, again, when he's healthy, he's great. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. And now you have... Who else is is joining that team and then a supporting cast of God knows what. The Western Conference is still very good. Like, you brought up the teams that you have questions about. I don't think Houston's getting that roster now. I think I don't re- I really don't think Houston's going to get that roster. I think they're going to run it back. I think Houston's better than the Lakers. I still think that a team like Denver is better than them. I still think Portland's better than them. I think both Portland and Denver are going to be better, eh, probably better regular season teams when it comes to I the playoffs. I need to see more, and I need, and you know this more than anybody do when we talk about the NBA playoffs. The, the bench plays a role. There's no bench if they get a third. It's literally those three. You're right. So, so what are they going to be? I, I have serious doubt. Let's wait for free this agency. This team is going to lead up to what the expectations are going to be. I don't think they're that good. Well, the I expectation is a championship, and I don't see that happening. It's not, and I also don't think that they're going to be anything more than a six or five seed in the West. I, I think five is a sweet spot for them right now. I mean, we don't know anything. We'll, we'll have to see what free agency does, but I think even I, if they get a third, even if they get a third guy, dude, like who, like who else is on that team? They're not going to have any money to spend. 
they're not going to be able to fill out a roster. Nobody else is going to be able to go there. So you're literally going to have LeBron and Davis and a third, maybe if they're lucky, and then a Kuzma. What are you going to do then? Go in and sign a Trevor Ariza? Like, Trevor Ariza, okay. He's a nice player now. This isn't 2009, 2010, 2011. He's, eh, now, you know? Like, I, I don't think that they're really that much better. I think this deal was made to make LeBron happy. We've seen LeBron completely demise a... A, a roster around him to get a guy that he wants, a la Kevin Love with Cleveland. Like, we've seen this up and down. We've had a bunch of guys come to Cleveland that just destroyed any possibility of a of keeping a nucleus together. You're right. I, I don't have any faith that this team is going to be that good. I think this more so is an incredibly positive spin to the New Orleans Pelicans. This I agree with really you. freaking good. So let's they talk, about, let's talk about that, because we can both agree that the Lakers are probably a fringe playoff team. I, I think I they're think five. They're they're five. You think they're I think five right sexy, now. I think it's sexy, but I don't think it's that good. Yeah, and it'll put asses in the seats. But let's move on to the Pelicans. ton of assets now ridiculous amount of assets and they're even looking to deal that fourth pick for more picks which i respect because it, uh, by every expert no, this or, is a three-team draft yeah and this, is a, this is a three-player draft and and it falls off after that so maybe they can go out and get another player and still have their zion and a bunch of other young guys i think this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch as long as those young guys that they traded for can stay healthy and two out of the three of them have proven that they can't. That's the only concern I have with this trade being made. Now, your hands were tied. You really didn't have a choice. You had to take the offer that was available. And like you said, the Knicks probably didn't offer much because they probably got good information. Hopefully, that's not a Knicks thing to do is to take advantage of good information. But they probably got good information (laughs) saying that Anthony Davis was going to leave in a year anyways. So... They they lucked out, and the Pelicans took the best deal that they could. They ended up getting a lot of players out of it and a lot of assets. But again, the one thing that worries me is that Lonzo can't stay on the floor, and Ingram's got this blood clot thing. That's the only thing that I, that worries me. Oh no, it's absolutely you know reason for concern. But I think the overall essence of this team is so much better than what it was even with an Anthony Davis. I mean, you look at when they had Anthony Davis, they really, like, they didn't have anything around him. And he developed, I know he Aside didn't win from Boogie for year. about half a season. Right. They really didn't have anybody that was warranted to, like, be a, a legitimate supporting cast. And I think and knowing Holiday. that they're going to take Zion. Yeah, no, Drew, Drew Holiday is a really nice player. You had, you know, Julius Randle this year. They've had some nice players. They had Miritich that they brought in for a little bit there. I mean, they they weren't scrubs, but they weren't really ever a true threat either. But now you're starting to build the nucleus of a team that, listen, you want to trade your top star? This is how you do it. You're going to take Zion. Now you're fortunate enough to have the number one overall pick. And you have a phenom superstar 
best prospect probably since AD coming into the league. You're going to get him. You have a Drew Holiday. And now you're filling out a roster. And, and dude, like, I, I think this team's going to be really good. You, 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 have a, you have Alonzo Ball, who on a pick and roll with Zion could be deadly. And I do question his jump shot. I do question how good he will be. But I don't question his vision. I don't question his passing ability. And I think running that pick and roll with Zion could be really, really special. Now you bring in a Brandon Ingram to play on the wing. And as long as he's healthy and those blood clots take care of themselves, he now becomes an instant scorer and legitimate threat on the wing. And now they have this number four pick, which they can either take another dynamic player like a Jared Culver or a Hunter or a, you know, Cam Reddish even, or they can decide to say, hey, let's trade this thing back and get even more picks or an established player or two. And the ball's in their court, no pun intended. I I think New Orleans is in a great situation to accelerate a rebuild accelerate a situation in which let's be honest in most cases would seem that you're punting on several years because you're trading a top five player in the game I, I, it seems like right now they by far have the better prospect than the Lakers do the Lakers are banking on LeBron James Anthony Davis potentially a third and Kyle Kuzma to lead them to the promised land. And this is LeBron, not of 2014, 15, 16, but of 2019 going on 2020. It's a big difference, man. Big difference. AD hasn't been there before. We don't know who else they're bringing on board, but we know they're not going to have much of a supporting cast. If we're just going to talk about this trade in a vacuum, I'm sorry. This is a victory for the Pelicans, and I don't really think it's close. I think you're right. They they definitely took every single asset that the Lakers had. Um, so let's talk about the Knicks because I have to. So let's do it. I think the Knicks, now that they have all those assets still in hand, you can go one of two ways. You could play those out and still go after KD, or you can trade those trade some of those assets, not as many, but some of them for Bradley Beal. Yeah, Bradley Beal is a very attractive option. I I would I, love him. Yeah, I think he fits, now, where is he I think fitting he fits in? really well with KD. Um, now, is it, well, that's my question. Is he a big enough name to attract a KD and still make sure you get him? Or is he a guy that you still, say, okay, I think this he's is a top 20 B. player in the league. And I don't think he's a plan B. I think you can go out and sign two guys and have him as well. That would be pretty special. That's all you can do. Is but the, again, the, the question is, is, who are the two guys that you're bringing in? And most likely, how do they fill? How do they fill a role? Most likely, Kemba Walker slash D'Angelo Russell and a Kevin Durant, and I think that's a pretty damn good team on paper, even with Kevin Durant being out a year. Yeah, oh, I do too. I I think that's a much better situation than you're in now, and I also believe for for Bradley Beal, you're not giving up the the amount of assets that you're giving up for. I still think you're going to have to give up a lot, though. I, I think you'd have to give now up. That AD is, now that AD is off the table, I think you'd have to give up. I don't think up. there's a lot of other guys that are going to be on the trade on the trade 
block that are going to be. Well, I think the Wizards are looking to blow it up, especially if they have a new GM coming. Yeah, but they're not going to give him away. No, I don't expect them to do that. Um, I think probably a Kevin Knox, a Mitchell Robinson, and those two Dallas picks might do it. Um, I, I could. Think, I think you could figure out a way to I, leave I think out. you're underestimating the Lakers because the Lakers, what, what, one of the biggest things about this deal, dude, is that this deal can't become official until July 6th, which means that they lose out on a shit ton of cap space. And now, as everybody's flocking to sign these guys from 6 o'clock June 30th, two weeks from tonight, all the way into a, all the way into possibly the July fourth, July fifth. Okay, so like you're gonna have now a, a real disadvantage if you're the Lakers. So a trade might be your best bet to get that next great player. I think if you're putting LeBron, a trade from the Lakers. Who are they gonna give them? The ball boy. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm not saying that it's the best option. Okay, so what are the Lakers? Might, what are the Lakers giving up for Bradley Beal? You're probably starting with Kuzma. Okay, what else? And then you're probably going with a couple seconds and and the, whatever other first that they can possibly they give can't up. All, you We've can't, seen this happen. The Knicks, the We've Knicks, the the NBA made the rule you can't trade draft picks in consecutive years. So the next pick they can trade is in 2026. So what? A 2026 and a 2028, almost ten years I'm not from now. That it's, Come on, man. I'm not saying that it's they practical. They can't trade from no, anyone stop else. It. They can't I'm not trade for that anyone it's practical. else. Practical. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that we've seen teams go desperate to make things happen. Okay, and if the Knicks aren't going to offer anything, if other teams aren't really buying for them, and the Wizards are desperate enough, they still don't have a general manager. They might just say fuck it. We'll take whatever we can get. And if Kyle Kuzma is that next best piece or there's some kind of there's some other kind of deal out there. I don't know, like I don't I it don't depends. know how good Bradley it depends I don't know how on what good Bradley Beal to... is going to attract team like, attract to a team. It depends I on really what the don't. Knicks offer. If the Knicks offer is that bad, then they're not doing their job. Are the job. Knicks really going to offer though the farm? Like, are they going to say, okay, we didn't well, get Anthony Davis, so now we're going to trade this? They're not going to have to give up that much for Bradley Beal, and that's why I'm saying I think a deal. I with think they're going to have to. I, I don't. I don't believe because they just. They just set the market for a top five player. Bradley Beal on his best day is not even close to a top five player. And I think that the Knicks, the Knicks' worst deal is better than the Lakers' best deal. Period. But dude, we've been saying this. I feel like this is a broken record. We've said this about basically every other trade concession. Yeah, but the, the Knicks have now, had. The Lakers literally have zero assets. They have Kyle Kuzma and picks that are a decade from now. Some of the people that are in charge of the NBA will be dead when those picks are made. And as well as we just said, the fact that the Lakers were the only ones really involved in this deal. It was a two-team dance, the Pelicans and the Lakers. Well, that's because because Rich Paul stepped in and said he's not signing with you long-term, and other teams didn't want to take that chance. Exactly, and you just said yourself that the Knicks probably lucked out because they could have ended up trading the farm for an AD that's gone. Bradley Beal's not in the same situation, so that's why I'm saying this is not similar to the AD thing because Bradley Beal isn't asking for a trade. 
Bradley Beal isn't forcing his way out of Washington. He he hasn't said anything. The Wizards are looking to rebuild, most likely with a new GM, and the Knicks will not have to offer as many assets, and I think Bradley Beal's a good starting point. Oh, I think he is, too. I, I think he's a really good player, and I, I think he's going to be available. But my question is, is, what are teams willing to offer? I, I think still there's so many questions that have to be answered. Like, again, the Lakers don't have really anything to give up. Uh, you acknowledge that. We just went into it. But, again, like, how desperate is a team like Washington to just get off of that contract, get off of that player, get off of that you know, that burden, for lack of a better term, for a guy of Bradley Beal's ability to be a burden. But I think they want to wipe the slate clean. And if L.A. is is poised enough to make a deal and nobody else is, they don't have a general manager, dude. They can literally just go and be like, you know what? (laughs) Okay, fine. We're going to completely undersell it, but it's more about getting rid of him and freeing up that cap space and freeing up this this entire situation and starting from scratch than it is about getting anybody, you know, legitimately great in return or a, a, a you know, a multitude of draft picks in return. I, I don't know. The Wizards are one of the worst organi- worst run organizations that we've seen in a long time in professional sports. They're up there as the worst in the NBA. So they're just going to trade. They're just going to trade Bradley Beal for a pick that's going to be made in ten years. Listen, I'm not saying that's going to happen. What I'm saying is, is who else is really going to make the push to go out there and get him? I'm saying and it I needs don't really to be know. the Knicks. That's I, what I'm saying. It needs to be the Knicks. But I don't know if the Knicks are going to do that. I don't know if Bradley Beal is enough of a name to tell Kevin Durant, hey, don't worry. When you come back from your Achilles injury, you're going to have Bradley Beal playing with a couple of other guys on this team. Don't think that's enough. I don't know. We're going to really, have to see how free agency plays out. I really don't out. think that's enough. I don't believe that that's enough I think the for Knicks... any situation. I don't think that would have been enough for LeBron. I think if I think if, if the Lakers said, listen, we can't get AD, we're going to go out and get Bradley Beal, and we're gonna, that means we're going to have to trade two players and or at least one player and two of our firsts. What do you think? I think LeBron would be like, are you fucking kidding me? And well, that's not an insult on Bradley Beal. It's just Bradley Beal is not in the same strata as some of these other players we're talking about as potential co-hosts to a megastar like a LeBron, like a KD, like an AD. You're going to have to make sure that you get someone that's moving the needle. I'm not really entirely sure Bradley Beal moves the needle. I think right. Bradley Beal is a really good, You're really right. good player. A guy that a guy that can that can help a lot of teams. A guy that could be a nice, really good complimentary player. Don't think he moves the needle enough to get a superstar to say, "Okay, I have Bradley Beal. I'm good with being the number one if he's the number two. Really, don't think that's going to happen. You're right. No, you're right. And let's let's stop talking about hypotheticals because there hasn't been a Bradley Beal rumor for probably like a year now. So. That's just a dream of mine. I'm hoping the Knicks go out and do it. And I don't even care if it means that they get Kevin Durant or not. It just means that they're moving in the right direction. Let's talk about the Yankees deal that was made. All right, just to finish up real fast. For Anthony Davis, is this a win for the Lakers, a win for the Pelicans, 
a loss for the Lakers, a loss for the Pelicans, or a 50-50 split. I personally think it's a win for the Pelicans and a loss for the Lakers. That's I think it's me. a win for and the Pelicans not... and it's a status quo for the Lakers. They've been saying they were going to get him for however long. They finally got him. All the rumors are true, as they usually are in the NBA. LeBron wanted him. Enjoy playing with no one. <laughs> Patrick Beverly, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm. People are talking about the ripple effects of this, and like, oh, now Kyrie's Kyrie's wanted to play with AD for a long time, and may, I listen. I don't know which way any of these people are leaning. I really have no idea. You know, these players and these guys, we have to understand they're 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 still in their mid twenties or their late twenties. I'm 27. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in some cases. And I don't have, I'm not making decisions that are anywhere near as important in the grand scheme of things than some of these guys are. So I, I think things can, it's very cyclical. I think some of these guys have absolutely no clue what they're doing. But I do believe that somebody like Kyrie Irving is weighing all options. And maybe he'll go to LeBron and be like, you know what? Not only do I not want to be the one, I don't really even want to be the two. I'm happy being the three, and I want to win championships. I still think the Nets are the front runner. I think the Lakers are the second. I think the Knicks are the third. I don't even think Boston's a a chance and a snowball chance in hell of him going back there. I still think that he wants to be in that, but I think that this whole shakeup has possibly changed his mind a little bit as far as certainty and maybe he goes wow the Lakers look pretty appealing might go there and and join LeBron again it sounds so far-fetched but my point is is these guys are so indecisive they're so completely irrational and erratic that something that makes a lot of sense to us might not make any sense in the world to them and vice versa so I'm very interested to see who their third guy is because I got to believe they're going to get a third guy. Can't imagine that we're going to roll into the season with LeBron and Davis and Kuzma and literally nobody else. I think they they're going to have to get somebody, even if it comes at the expense of the entire roster, right? No, I definitely agree with you. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and see how free agency plays out on June. Two 30th. weeks from right now. Two weeks from right now. All right, we're bordering on 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And we're bordering on another non-sorry short. Dude, yeah, yeah right. Sean likes to talk, everyone. Just so you get, in case you listen, guys didn't know, 96 episodes in, Sean likes to talk. I do. And, and listen, in two weeks, because they moved up the timetable, that Sunday night is going to be fucking insane. And the three days after that, up till July 4th, which is a Thursday, is going to be fucking nuts. So, I can't wait. We're so close to figuring out what's going to happen. But, alright, fine. You want to get into Can we baseball? talk about the Yankees now? That's the second part of this podcast. The Yankees acquired Edwin Ar- Encarnacion. Jeez I Louise, fucked up the Sean. name again. Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin Encarnacion. Jesus, I feel like you. I can't <laughs> say the names. Jesus Christ, Edwin Encarnacion is a New York Yankee. This came out of absolutely fucking nowhere. 
I like the deal. And there's a lot to dissect about this deal. Now, first off the bat, if you want to just go right off of what the lineup will look like, he's going to be activated tomorrow. Stanton becomes activated Tuesday. And then Judge, it looks like, is Friday. You're looking at a lineup that's probably LeMahieu, everyday third baseman, Judge and right, Stanton and left, Sanchez, and then you're going Didi, and then you're going Encarnacion, and then you're going Voight, <laughs> and then you're going, like, all on down the line. This is insane. Torres is going to hit ninth on this team. A guy that hit 24 home runs as a rookie and is right now hitting 285. This is absurd what this team is going to look like. You're bringing a guy who's leading the American League in home runs, and he's probably hitting in the bottom third of the order. It, it's insane. Now, as a casualty, and I and, and this is what I wanted. I texted you before we went on the air, and, and I wanted to tell you this. And I'm not a very sentimental person. I'm a very pragmatic person, especially when it comes to sports. Listen, Fans fall in love with players. Fans fall in love with guys who have shown that they care on their team. They always have kind of a semblance of sentimentality for homegrown guys, not necessarily, you know, imports who are big names. You know, we've been talking about a lot lately about if the Nets move on from D'Angelo Russell and, and bring in Kyrie Irving. Listen, I love Kyrie as a player, but there's something sentimental about D'Angelo Russell building this team up. And as Yankee fans, dude, you and I, over the last few years, we have become very much attached to some of the homegrown guys. We've seen guys like Didi, who, yes, wasn't a homegrown guy, but they acquired him and he blossomed into a superstar. Even Aaron Hicks, who both of us hated in his early Yankee career, has turned into be, you know, really an endowable asset. You see a guy like Voight. Like, we love Voight. We love you guys like Sanchez Judge, of course. We see Severino. We want them to do great. Batances. Like, there's all on up and down the line of these guys that we look at and say, these are Yankees. These are homegrown Yankees. And I think one of those guys, and you called him your guy of 2019, is Clint Frazier. And I watched his press conference tonight. And I'm not going to lie to you. And this is not this is not Yankee fanboy. This is not, hey, you know, I'm hoping for a better situation. I watched him being interviewed, and it hurt. It legitimately hurt to a point where I really didn't expect to feel that level of emotion. The guy's 24 years old. The guy has, you know, obviously two weeks ago went through that horrific game against Boston in right field where he just looked lost. But through that, he's hit 280. He's been one of the Yankees' best clutch players at the plate. He's He's been an integral part of this team being a first-place team all the way here into mid-June. And they send him down. And... and, and which means, to, to me, this uh, this spells the end of his Yankee career. I don't think there's any other way to shake it. You know, Boone's, of course, saying, oh, we expect him to play a major role going forward and, and this, that, and third. I don't believe it for a second. I think he's done. 
I think he's played his last game in the major leagues as a New York Yankee. I think they're going to use him as a as the focal trade chip, and he's going to and knowing his personality is what we've seen with him with the Yanks. He's going to fucking scorch earth, dude. Wherever he goes, as soon as he's off the Yankee books, he's going to go nuts and just lose his mind. And to be perfectly honest, as great of a pickup as Encarnacion could be, I feel so bad for this kid. Because I don't think he's ever been one of Cashman's guys, even though he made sure he got him in that trade with Andrew Miller three years ago. I don't think he's ever looked at him in the same respect he's looked at Glaber and Sanchez and even Bird and Severino. I think he's always looked at him as a guy that's been more of a, we're going to develop you, we're going to play you, we're going to hope you do great, but you're very much like an Andujar. Like, the reason we keep hearing Andujar's name come up in trade conversations is because people within the Yankee organization that leak things clearly know he's not one of Cashman's guys. And it seems like Frazier is not one of Cashman's guys. He's a little polarizing. He kind of goes against the grain of what a quote-unquote real Yankee. We've seen what Aaron Judge has done. We've seen what D.D. Uh, Gregorius has done. We've seen what Gleyber Torres has done as far as handling the media. And Clint's not really like that. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're not a conformist, then you're an outcast. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what we're getting I think Encarnacion is going to be a great player for the Yankees. He's been a great player. He leads the entire American League in home runs in the two, in the 2010s in this decade. I think he's going to. He already has 21 this season. I think he's just going to destroy and obliviate pitching, and especially once the Yankees get Judge and Stanton back, this lineup might be the one of the greatest lineups we've ever seen. It's going to strike out a lot, but it's going to put up numbers like there's no tomorrow. Unfortunately, though, in in sports, players become casualties. Clint Frazier is that. I've never seen somebody more defeated than he was at his locker today. And I don't know whether it's just that I'm getting older and that I'm more sentimental or that I look at somebody and say, I just wish I had been given a chance. Or it looks like he just wasn't given a chance. It's a numbers game. He's out, and for no fault of his own, I think he's played his last game as a Yankee. I agree with you. I think they're definitely going to use him as a trade chip to go out and get a pitcher. I think they need one to maybe two pitchers, um, and I think he's going to tear it up wherever he goes. Maybe it's the Mets, probably not. Yankees are talking Wheeler, but we all know how that goes with the Yankees and Mets trading. They could offer Glaber, Andahar, and Frazier, and they probably still wouldn't even trade a Zach Wheeler to the Yankees. Um, but I think he'll be great in any other uniform, and I think he's a really good trade chip now that he's expendable. It's sad to see him go, but they need a starting pitcher really, really bad, and that's the bottom line. I think Encarnacion does a really good job filling out this lineup. He's probably going to hit seventh or sixth, and that's a guy who's Isn't leading, that insane? That's a guy who's leading the AL in home runs in Seattle, which is a vast ballpark to say the least. So I think, honestly, he's... Um, I talked to Will about it yesterday. Will thinks he's going to hit 27 home runs from here on out. He's already at 21. And then Will said he might even hit 60 this year. I'd be interested to see that. Um, But, again, uh, I I think that this is a deal that had to be done because there's going to be more deals to come. There better be more deals to come. That's all I have to say. I like the move, but 
I'm going to wait and see with my guy Cash, with my one of my sports fathers. I already wish them all a happy Father's Day, but this is a deal for another deal, basically. Yes, I, I don't really think there's any other way to spin it. Um, I, I think that this deal was done with the intention that we're going to have to trade somebody important to get a more important piece. And that piece being a superstar starting pitcher. Now the, the market this year isn't great. Um, let's just call it what it is. Your, your, your top three are probably Bumgarner, who has not been great in San Francisco. And I have always pounded the table for him. And I'm starting to sour on him a little bit, man, because his 3.3 ERA in the NL West probably translate to about a 4.15, 4.2 in the AL East. I've got enough of those, <laughs> you know, like we, we, we've seen enough of those. Now I still believe that he needs a little kick in the ass and a pennant race to, to kind of like charge him up a little bit. But I, I don't know if I want to take that chance by trading a guy of Clint Frazier status. I think the best starting pitcher on the market is probably Marcus Stroman. I and love him. I'm not even super sold on him. But I would I love think him he's up, if you don't have to give that much I, up. You're going to have to give a lot up. You're going to have to. They're, they're not going to give a young, controllable starting pitcher away for nothing, man. No, you not you at saw all. What but... it took it, you, took, you saw what it took to even get a Jay Happ, who was a rental last year. I'd be that ha- took a Billy McKinney and a Brandon Drury. I'd be happy if it was Frazier and somebody else. It's going to probably be that. It's probably you're probably looking at a Frazier and a little Isaac, and I don't think it's out of the question that the Yankees need also a, probably another reliever. I don't think you can count on Batances, and some of these guys are starting to look tired. And I think a package deal that looks very intriguing is something with Toronto around the framework of a Marcus Stroman and a Ken Giles. Or out in Arizona of a Zach Granke if you're willing to absorb that contract in the next two years. And an Archie Bradley or something like that. I don't want Zach Granke. Like He's said for years that he doesn't want to play in New York. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I am saying is that the guy's pitching to about a 2-4, 2 ERA right now. The guy's been fantastic. No, don't get me the wrong. Yankees. The numbers are there. And also, the he said he hated... He hated the spotlight of everything, and he pitched on a Dodger team that was very much in the spotlight, and he thrived. Now, I'm not saying L.A. and New York are the same thing. They're actually very much the antithesis of each other. But if he waives his no-trade clause and Cashman's able to pry him away and say, that's the best starting pitcher on the market, and we're going to roll with him, I think that that is a possibility, whether we like it or not. I do believe that Stroman makes a lot of sense. I feel a lot of the same way about the Yankees targeting Stroman as I felt about them targeting Hap last year. It almost makes too much sense not to happen in a buyer's market with a very few amount of teams that are really going to be able to pay the price or willing to pay the price. The Yankees now, by acquiring Encarnacion, have some of the best trade ships available. You're looking at a Frazier, an Andujar, a Loizaga, a Herman, some other guys down in the minor leagues that have already shown that they can play well up in the majors. 
that's a lot going on. I I really do believe that the Yankees, the Yankees, and you talk to Cashman, dude. It's Father's Day. You know, you, you had him on the horn earlier. You're going to talk to him. You have your montage of your of your sports fathers. If they're not, this is what makes the Keuchel decision so again so puzzling. Because you were not going to give up a player. You didn't want to give another million dollars more to go get him. And now you're in a situation where you have to sign an inca- or trade for an Encarnacion, who, again, is a great player. Well, yeah, at least he's a great slugger. And you just add him to the freaking lineup of Stanton and Judge and Voight and Sanchez and LeMayhew and it's all Torres and it's just it's almost it is an embarrassment of riches it's actually almost unfair it was like remember in 06 when Sheffield was hurt and the Yankees traded for Abreu and then Sheffield came back and I think Cano hit ninth it was like Johnny Damon Derek Jeter Giambi Sheffield A-Rod Abreu, like Posada, Matsui, can, like Cano, like something like that. Like that, it, it feels like that now. But again, very much like 06, they didn't have the starting pitching to win ball games consistently. Now, Paxton pitched a really good game today. Maybe he's back on the right track. But CC got lit the fuck up Friday. The Yankees went with an opener yesterday. We still don't know when they're seeing Severino. There's a lot to question on this team as far as the pitching, and I believe that with the by deciding not to sign Keuchel, they said there's somebody better out there in the marketplace that we're targeting, and the only way to go get them is to trade somebody like a Frazier. So let's go out and get an Encarnacion so Frazier's no longer in the picture. He's played great in the major leagues. We don't have to worry about him being a liability or getting hurt or embarrassing himself more in the field. We'll send him a trip away. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And now as the trade conversations intensify, there's the guy you look to move and you're going to end up with a Stroman or a Bumgarner or somebody of that ilk. Yes, I think, I think you're absolutely right. So, Currently constituted, I like the Encarnacion deal. I, I feel it's unfortunate for Frazier, but more deals to come and more deals better come. That's all I have to say. That's oh, they will. It. They will. They will. And, and even Sweeney Murdy said it in a tweet last night. Like he he even he indicated, it, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but he was he was saying the Yankees know they need pitching. MLB knows they need pitching. This has been something that's obvious since the beginning of the season. But right now, they look at a situation where they can upgrade their lineup even more, and they're going to have even more bargaining chips for a rotation acquisition. Remember, again, Severino, if they really believe Severino's coming back, and we said this about them not re-signing Keuchel the other night, if they're not, or not re-signing, just signing, if they're not going to sign Keuchel, then they really do believe that Getting Severino back is not only a realistic op- possibility, but you're getting back the you know potential Cy Young winner Severino, not the 2018 second half Severino. And 
you're you're going to be able to acquire somebody who, in their mind, is better than Keuchel, even as a free agent, and you know, paying him the minimum of the prorated salary. They they're going to we're going to be able to get a Strowman or a Bumgarner, and we value them better. Again, we love to shit on Cashman because there have been enough moves that have been made in the last few years that we've questioned and we're like, what the hell are you doing? But then like you find a Gio or shell, this team's in first place as, as, as desperate and like of the DEFCON five of the situation we want to put them in and like of a panic button. Now we have that panic button up for the first few weeks. We haven't touched it in a while. You have access to it right now. Right? Like we're not, we're not pressing it. They're in first place. I mean, the lineup that they ran out today, today scored seven runs and eight runs. Mike Talkman played. Cameron Maven probably played for the last time as a Yankee. Romine had four RBIs. Gardner had a couple RBIs. This team, as as much as you want to bury them and kill them, and they've had some horrific performances, and their starting pitching really needs to start giving them more length and more depth and a little bit better of a consistency. This team is 14 games over 500 and in first place in the East, and we're getting closer and closer. We're, we're at Father's Day. Like, that's the crazy thing. We're shitting on them. We're talking about how much of a bad situation they're in and how they need to do this and need to do that. They haven't had Judge or Stanton basically all year. Not only are they about to get them back, but you're weeding. You're also adding the weeding home run hitter in the American League, and he's going to hit like sixth or seventh as they look for starting pitching. My whole argument was points in life. You just look at situations and say it's not fair. And obviously, as a pragma- pragmatic outlook, you say, you know what, life isn't fair, and you know what, it sucks. But it is what it is. But I just watched that interview today with Frazier, and it really was painful. It hurt. It really sucked. I'm sorry. And I bet Encarnacion's going to be awesome. I'm sorry. And I bet the rest of this team's going to be really good. Did you cry? But you just... No, but just watch <laughs> it, dude. Just watch it. I know, it. I know. It sucks. And you know he's... It's bad. awful. It, it's awful. Like, again... Cashman has his guys, and we've speculated about this really kind of all year. I don't think Frazier's one of his guys. And now it's clearly becoming evident that even for a day, so Encarnacion's going to be activated tomorrow. Stand not till Tuesday and then judge Friday. They still made the decision to keep Talkman up for a day and keep Maven. And send Frazier down, who by not even close head and shoulders above those other two guys. So that tells me that either a trade is on the way, something's going to happen, or in the very immediate future, or they really have it out for this guy. And as the weeks get closer to July 31st, he's gone. Now, I definitely think a trade is coming soon. But um, that about wraps it up for this Sorry Short. It is 57 minutes in, thanks to Sean. Um, but we will be back tomorrow. You're welcome. 
We will be back tomorrow with Mike Phillips on. We're going to break down the MLB, maybe talk a little golf. But thanks for listening. Do you want me to to just sit some segments out? I should just stop talking, right? I think so. Um, Okay. But uh, we we will be back tomorrow, so enjoy your night, and we will be talking to you in less than 24 hours. Take care, everybody.